Welcome back to American Graffiti, one song at a time. I am your DJ, Rachel Mummert, and with me are my co-DJs. I feel like we should have cool DJ names. That's what, yeah. Because like DJ Doris has that nice alliteration going, but DJ Tierney doesn't really mean anything. DJ Steel. Ooh, there you go. I like that. <laughs> yeah, so... Hi, guys. Hi. <laughs> uh, we are over the drama of yesterday. It's a new day. Terry has a nifty record collection. Like, it's all good. Oh, I'm sorry. A really nifty record collection. <laughs> yeah. I wrote down the exact quote because I loved it so much. <laughs> Still, she's not impressed. No. So we got to talk about this this car hop, this waitress. Buddha. Or Buddha. Why is she na- I got to watch the Lucas commentary. Somewhere in that man's mind there has to be a piece of trivia on why this girl's name is Butta. <laughs> or or I could only find examples of people also named this where it was pronounced Buddha, but there's no H. It, it definitely uh, looks like it should be Butta, right? Is that just me? <laughs> maybe she liked butter as a child. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of think why would you name a character with a name like that if it isn't based on someone you really did know in, in real life? So maybe there was a butter in George Lucas's life once. That's true. I hope so. We'll, we'll figure it out. The only other example that I found that kept coming up is an NFL safety for the Arizona Cardinals named Buddha Baker. And they said his nickname did come out of being called Buddha as a child. Oh, okay. Just the H dropped over time. That's just um, a fun name to say that. Buddha Baker. <laughs> Budabaker. I think his real name is Bouchard. I'm pretty sure I read that in one of the articles. Um, I really was just trying to skim and be like, what happened? How did this occur? <laughs> just looking for any clues. And then there isn't a lot on the actress. It's Jana Bellin. I guess it could be Jana, but I knew someone with that name and it was Jana. So that's how I'm pronouncing it. Who was in a few movies on a few TV shows and then just kind of disappeared into the internet movie database ether. <laughs> I really like this character. It's weird because I guess spoilers for the movie, but whatever, you're here listening to this podcast, you'll be fine. She is a character, but she's not uh, integral to the story, which makes it even more surprising that she has such an unusual name. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, do we ever hear her name except for that minute? Not sure. Yeah, and it's background. Like, it's very easy to not ever hear or know about it. But yes, this is the waitress that has a crush on Steve, and that Terry has a crush on. Tale as old as time. <laughs> yep. She probably is very used to young men uh, having a crush on her. Mm. Look, the, the roller skates are working for her. Which is funny because it's kind of hard to look good in a waitress uniform usually, <laughs> in my experience. Those car hop uniforms do look good though. Yeah, they look good. I love any scenes where we see the waitresses like talking and gossiping together, just hanging out. It's pretty cool. I think I really liked Terry the Toad asking her, you know, do you want to listen to my record collection? And I realized uh, um, my generation really missed out because, well, actually, vinyl made a comeback. Sitting around listening to records was such a like way to be in the same room as the person you liked. And then once earbud headphones came out, <laughs> you shared sharing the, the headphones yes. <laughs> was such a thing. Yeah. <laughs> The Walkman between you. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, sharing traditional headphones was awkward. Yeah, that <laughs> Not really a thing. 
But yeah, sit, hanging out in someone's room to listen to record to listen to an album, and then of course giving a mixtape to your crush. Yep. Oh. <laughs> now you make a playlist on Spotify. Yeah. <laughs> I was trying to figure that out, like. It absolutely blows my mind that there's no way to just, I have the free version, just listen to an album on Spotify. It's all individual songs. Okay. And it really messes up. I listen to a podcast called Still Buffering, which is, it's three sisters, but there is a 15, no, it might be more than that. There's a huge age gap between the older two and the youngest one. And they do a podcast together where they talk about like teen stuff and like pop culture and she brought to them this amazing artist who plays the ukulele on YouTube and they made her watch Daria and oh, wow. <laughs> things like that. <laughs> that sounds So it, they did one on Weezer and the younger sister pulled up Weezer on Spotify and listened to a bunch. And then her older sister had to be like, it makes a difference what album a Weezer song is on. Yeah. They can be totally different depending on what era you are listening to. Oh, yeah. Did the concept album die? Oh. Uh. I hope not. <laughs> or is it making a comeback like so many things from the 80s and 90s? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe that will be the next hope thing to come back. Not. But yeah. And then um, my other big note before the car thing was that um, the Kurt and Lori interaction, I think is the best example of them as siblings in this movie. <laughs> yeah. What's wrong? Nothing. Yeah. <laughs> She's so annoyed at yeah. him. I mean, he is asking her. He, he notices something is wrong. He's asking her because, oh, okay, she's my sister. I kind of have to ask, but I really don't mm-hmm. want to know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Especially with relationship issues. <laughs> I know. As a sibling. <laughs> because if the, if the other person involved is your best friend, you're in really, you're in a bind there. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I can imagine there's a big age gap between me and my only sibling. And so this whole idea of being at school with your sibling and like having friends in common with your sibling is just totally does not compute to my brain. Yeah. I don't have a sibling, so. I have two older siblings, but I think we were, especially high school, we were far enough removed that I didn't have to worry about (laughs) this issue particularly, so... (laughs) Well, I will say, Doris, the way she says nothing and she's so mad at him for checking on her yeah. is is real. I didn't realize they were brother and sister until like many watches into this movie. <laughs> I just didn't pick up on it. Yeah. Then do we want to talk about the Impala? Beautiful car. I wouldn't give it to Terry. If no, I were Steve. No. <laughs> I just couldn't stop laughing at Steve's very simple instructions. And then he talks about keeping a pad of paper in the glove compartment where he writes down the tire pressure. And yeah. you need to put that into the tank and not this one. And the laundry list of what to do and not to do with the car. So really specific. He's such a nerd. <laughs> and then, of course, making me think that Steve cares about his car much more than about his girlfriend. Yeah. Which makes me want to slap him again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's Slap Steve Week here on America's Disney <laughs> one song at a time. <laughs> But I really wouldn't give it to Toad. No. I love this moment, though. He's, He's so happy. Yeah, I know. He says, I'll love this car until death do us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, again, I'll again. I'll take care of it. Yeah. Women. Cars cars com- being compared to women. Yeah. And winning. <laughs> In that case, yeah. Yeah. This, it does really kill me. The pantsing scene makes me sad. Oh, I know. Because it's such a big moment. It's so humiliating. I know. The fact that John pants is terry like in and of itself is not surprising but that he does it at this moment at the height of terry's triumph 
Oh, that one hurts. And in front of the car hub. But, uh, I know. And in front of his friends. Yeah. 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 But you got to give it to Terry. Either he is really obnoxious and doesn't notice, but a millisecond after he pulls his pants back up, he is full back trying to be cool. Yep. Mm. He's not put down by it for a second. Mm-mm. Which makes you wonder, like, is that something that he's just used to you know probably yeah this can't be the first time he's being bullied all the time yeah and he is he's set up as the obnoxious younger one even though he's their age but like that tags along that always says the wrong thing maybe i'm projecting having been that person in several friendships but you absolutely get the idea that oh this happens to me all the time i gotta play it cool do you get the 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 nerd vibe from terry i don't know Oh, yeah. Yeah? He's a proto-nerd, I feel like. Because I read that the characters in the story are kind of George Lucas at different stages. That's what I read, too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he said Terry's like him before he got his license and like learned to drive. Yeah. Like when he would tag along with his friends. And then he became Kurt. Yeah. Well, and he was, I think I read Milner's mostly based on friends he had, but like Milner's the hot rod aspect of him. And then Kurt is the went to film school and got out of town aspect. The only character that is not an aspect of George Lucas seems to be Steve. Good. Yeah. <laughs> yep. well, yeah. He said one of the reasons he really needed to bring Bill and Gloria in to work on the script was that the Steve and Lori storyline, he couldn't get it oh, to, yeah. to where he wanted it. And he knew he needed help beefing that up. Mm-hmm. And so that makes a lot of sense to me that, like, Steve is the one he had the hardest time writing. Yeah. Because I guess George Lucas was never class president, big man on campus, high school hotshot. <laughs> and then Milner is a sensitive little baby, which is pretty big of him, given that he just pantsed Terry. <laughs> but he has a point, though. Yeah, I mean, nostalgia is no good for him. Remembering times that he hasn't left behind yet. Yeah, it's really weird when he's like, I'm going to be right here having fun. <laughs> like okay i really like that kurt goes after him and is like oh i'm not letting this stand sort of so steve is gonna go to the hop because Lori's going to the hop because Lori's still in high school and kurt is also planning on going right to enjoy to remember the fun times that yeah <laughs> yeah would you have gone to a freshman hop as a senior mm. yeah it's weird and they're calling it the freshman hop i think if i'm understanding this correctly um, this is the Friday before Labor Day, essentially. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. They are about to go to college. I think Lori is about to be a senior and head cheerleader. And then this is called the freshman hop, if it's like my high school, because this is the first dance that the incoming freshmen go to. So the hop is for everyone, but it's called the freshman hop because it's the first one that these incoming freshmen, it's their first high school dance. Okay, so it, it would not make you not cool going to it. But they're going to college, which does make, I feel like, makes a difference. And I feel like Steve gets a pass because his girlfriend is going. But Kurt tagging along is a little like, Kurt, what are you doing, man? Because if I was Lori, after what just went down in the front seat, I'd be like, nope, I'm going myself. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Lori's still hanging out with her. This is why it gets so weird that it's like, your brother and his friends, but they're kind of your friends too. Yeah. Like, yeah, she's in a really awkward situation right now. Yeah, 
Because no matter what, he'd probably end up going anyway, either with her or with Kurt. So it's like, what? <laughs> yeah. Just be like, I guess you're going to go. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and they didn't break up. She can't really tell them, I don't want to go because he just basically broke up with me. Uh, because they're his friends. Yeah. There is not one of her friends around to back her up. Yeah. And then like, like he said, they didn't actually break up. So That's now true. they're in that awful gray zone. They just said they yeah. other people. <laughs> you want us to go out with other people. Oh. And I'm obviously not cool with it, even though I'm saying I'm cool with it. Please pick up on context clues, but you won't because you're a boy. I feel like the size of cigarette packs changed between 1962 and today or the 90s because that whole like... Milner has the cigarettes rolled in his sleeve, mm -hmm. which is such a thing. Yeah. And and people are always trying to do that. But like, I, were the packs smaller then? Because I guess they were, they were, um, it looks tiny. They were softer. <laughs> they weren't made out of this oh. hard cardboard. Uh, that would make sense too. Yeah. Cause they would, you do see them kind of like squished and like Marlboros don't squish. Does it have to do with like filters and stuff? Like, were they made, I mean, being filtered or unfiltered back then? I mean, I don't know much about. We still, we will have to to check if yeah. if John is smoking filter or not. We'll have to do some research as the movie. I mean, goes I on. remember the, the Lucky Strikes, the, uh, the cigarettes that I connect with the '60s. Um, they were soft packs. They were not this this uh, cardboard that would keep shape. Yeah. Because Lucky Strike is the one that the candy cigarettes box design was based on. Oh, okay. So it looked like you had a Lucky Strike, but they were candy. They were candy cigarettes. They were only for sale at that diner that I mentioned earlier. <laughs> we thought we were so cool. <laughs> none of us smoked, but by God, we always had those on hand. <laughs> but yeah, I just, I was looking at the size and I'm like, that didn't. That doesn't seem right, but yeah, he's he's the cool greaser, the cool hot rodder. Wasn't it like if you're back then, like if your shirt didn't have like a pocket in the front to keep them in, yeah. then you just that's where you kept them was your sleeve. Yeah, actually, there's one thing that I noticed. I also I did a movies by minutes on Close Encounters of the Third Kind, and there is a scene when they go to India. Someone gets out of the car, and they have a button down, like a long sleeve button down shirt but the sleeves are rolled up to their elbow and there's a pack of cigarettes tucked in that oh, cuff. Wow. And I was like, I've never seen that before. <laughs> I mean, it makes sense. <laughs> but I noticed that as he's going on about how nostalgia is no good and what good times. And I don't know. It's just a real emotional roller coaster. <laughs> Which I kind of can relate to if, if you're not the one getting the chance to go to college. I mean, if he's 22 or 23 or even just 21, what's his job? Yeah. What does he do all day? He's probably stuck in that town. He's had more than one friend leave for college and leave him behind and probably never come back. Yeah. And I kind of, I mean, he is behaving a little like a baby, but I can um, understand where he's coming from. Reminds me of a scene in, um, what is the other film? The kids that go off to find a body. Oh, Stand By Me? Stand By Me. Yeah, there's this River Phoenix character. Yes. And he also talks about, well, you're going to go to your honors classes and I'm going to be stuck in woodshop. And yeah, it kind of reminds me of that. 
which oddly enough, Stand By Me, isn't Richard Dreyfus like the older version of... He's the writer in this one. Yeah, the writer, that's right. And, spoiler, Kurt is going to be a writer. Oh, yes. Sequels everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) Connections. Well, I don't have a transition to talking about the song, but would we like to talk about the song in this section? Yes. Gee. <laughs> Gee. Oh, did you like the looking at the lyrics for this song is just pure delight. Like I love when people have to write out lyrics and it's just like doo-wa doo-wa doo-wa. I know. doo-wa, doo-wa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So 1954, back in the 50s. This is uh, according to the Wikipedia, first doo-wop record to sell over 1 million records. Many claim it as the first rock and roll single, but a true one-hit wonder. The Crows broke up after the song Uh. left Hip (laughs) Hurry. Well, maybe they couldn't come up with more nifty lyrics for a (laughs) second. Maybe they felt like that was enough. (laughs) Yeah, I have to say, I remember when I first started listening to... I think the American Graffiti record was the first time that I realized like, oh, hey, you can figure out where the songs are based on looking at the grooves. And so you can skip songs if you want. This wasn't one of them. I remember liking Jeep, but I also remember listening to that album for the first few times and being like, God, some of these are so slow. (laughs) (laughs) The slower song. Probably like 16 Candles where I was just like, I don't want to listen to this. It takes, you know, I want the fun, happy ones. I want the Dell Vikings and stuff like that. <laughs> and so I, I think that was the record I learned how to skip songs on, <laughs> like counting the riches and the breaks between songs. Yeah. Well, we have the Wolfman in the background. Oh, yes. Mm. There's this call, which is a real call. They did record some stuff for the movie, but they said like 90% of it is just real old shows. They just picked calls they liked. <laughs> And, you know, cleared it. I mean, that's what I like about it. It's like someone turned on their car radio and you just listen to the program all night. Oh, my gosh. Why can't I think who it is? She had to be national. My friends, Rachel and Nadine, had a radio in their cabin and they would always listen to Delilah. (laughs) So if anyone listening to this podcast remembers what I'm talking about and remembers what the actual show was called, please tell me because it was some like call-in advice show or something oh, wow. like that. <laughs> or or you could dedicate songs to your love. I don't really remember, but yeah, I remember in their cabin, it's like, oh, we got to turn on Delilah. <laughs> <laughs> my aunt used to work for a local radio station in my hometown. <laughs> and every once in a while, we would call in and request a song just to see if <laughs> just to see if we would listen to the radio and then hear it and be like, oh my gosh. <laughs> Oh, see, that's another thing kids these days are missing out on. See, John, it's not all bad. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So we're good on the scene. Now, I did want to ask, uh, since this week is a little bit of getting to know each other in the movie, and since Rachel has finally seen the movie and is now getting a podcast (laughs) about it, because I started to ask, are you more of a John or a Kurt? And then I was like, or Steve or Lori. And so it just turned into... Which character from this movie do you identify with the most? Oh, that's difficult. <laughs> Definitely not Steve. <laughs> yeah, <I know. laughs> yeah, if any of our guests ever answer Steve, they're out. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm just yeah, kidding. Well, I was ca- kind of like also the nerdy, goofy kid. So yeah. maybe a female version of the toad. Yeah. <laughs> no one ever pulled my pants down, though. No, me neither. Ah, uh, kid worked at summer camp. That was a whole thing. <laughs> when you're... 
Yeah, I'm trying to think. I mean, I definitely, I definitely get that. Like, I feel like everyone has felt like the toad at some points in their life. The person that I always felt the most connected to from this movie is actually someone we haven't met yet. There are many times in my life where I was the Carol. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think Tagging Carol. along with the older kids, trying desperately to be cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not Debbie. Definitely not Debbie. Yeah, Carol. Probably Carol. Yeah. I'd like to think I can relate to Kurt, but just because I like to be to think of myself as, as being kind of an intellectual, but was I as yeah. a teenager? I don't think so. I could see, and actually, especially the Kurt in these early scenes, I feel a little bit connected to, not with him being like, why come all these girls are ugly? Yeah. Which, again, even if that's a joke, dude, not cool. But the person who is like kind of nostalgic, like not like he wants to go back to high school, but he's kind of scared to move on he's like oh it wasn't all bad that was very much me at this point in my life like no no it was fine let's let's keep things going as they were why do we got to change things up yeah um of course then i went to my state university where like i knew 30 people on campus already yeah well i went to university that was like 20 miles from my hometown so i commuted every day i didn't even move out from home so I knew about half the class of the people there. It's convenient for the first couple of weeks. <laughs> You're like, I don't know anyone, but hi, I know you. <laughs> but we'll have to keep track as things go along. Yeah, no one has said where the, the bombshell and the Thunderbird. <laughs> what does it tell about oh, to us? Oh, be as cool as Suzanne Summers in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Too ambitious for us. <laughs> She's just a housewife. <laughs> Who's bored? <laughs> Oh, we'll get into <laughs> to the, the blonde and the T-bird and who she is and all that stuff as the movie goes on. I love that that becomes like a running gag <laughs> of all these theories about her. Okay. But I think we're good. I think we're ready to go cruising. Yeah. Let's go cruising. Let's go cruising down G Street. <laughs> if the listeners want to join us talking about cruising and Kurt and Toad, they can join us in our listeners, in Mel's listener drive-in on Facebook. And Tierney, where can they find us on the other internets? Because I, I know not everyone's down with Facebook. That's fine. Uh, <laughs> we are part of VCR Privileges, which every summer picks a summer movie. Something we loved as kids and watched over and over again and breaks it down. And uh, that is VCR Privileges. That's the handle, all one word, on Twitter and Instagram. And you'll find all sorts of fun media stuff there. Yeah. Then I'll say, let's see what we come up to tomorrow. Maybe it'll be a sign-up. Maybe it won't. <laughs> Maybe it won't. Stumbling over my tongue there. That's, um. oh, I can't remember her name that plays Debbie, but she was so mad that Lucas kept in when she flubbed a line. Oh, yeah. She was like, every time I watch this movie now for the rest of my life, there it is. Yeah, I mean, that that is exactly what I read, that he kept the flubs. Yeah. 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 Um, there's a great thing of um, Charlie Martin Smith being like, I think he just kept doing more takes to see if we'd mess up so he could use that. Her name, her name is Candy Clark. Candy, Candy Clark. Clark. Yes. She's so much fun. Yeah, I, I like didn't get the Debbie character as a kid. I was like, so her hair is really blonde i don't know that is a wig by the way well that is yeah that is that is yuck hair that is the same material that jubaka's <laughs> coat is made of oh my God. Oh. <laughs>
He's really fast, isn't he?